In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about stealing Vish's guitar, why we're moving to Canada, how no one wants to get biffed, and being forbidden to watch Conan the Barbarian in our <laughs> chat about the Grimmer with Naben Ruthnam. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk to Nabin Russen, author of The Grimmer. <laughs> right. Claire, yes. is it time for Would You Rather? Of course it's time. It's overdue. It's past time. <laughs> And this time is very special because we are joined by the author of this amazing, disgusting book full of spit and teeth. <laughs> Stop <Yay>! saying spit! <laughs> Yay, thanks for joining us, Naven. You're amazing, and we love your book so much. Oh, thank you. That's great. Love to hear it. You're going to get tired of our fangirling, I think, but you know what? I'm not sorry about it. No, don't apologize. Don't <laughs> lie again. We've already established Fine that you're full me. of lies. Fine me. <laughs> well, oh. let's dive into would you, oh, pew pew for would you rather. Oh, yes. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> we asked on social media would you rather hang out with old friends and start a band or meet new friends at a bookstore? On Facebook, 86% said they're going to go to the bookstore. On Instagram, it was 100% to the bookstore, which may have something to do with the hashtag bookstagram, I'm, I'm supposing. <laughs> and all of our friends on Instagram are authors. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> on TikTok, however, 64% are going to start a band. And on threads, which have started doing polls, great, 80% to bookstores. I, I think there is an element of bias because we do have a lot of, obviously, bookish followers and friends and things yeah. but yeah yeah before we answer we're going to give you some comments because they do help us with our reasoning why and what we're going to pick so Bree on Facebook superfan Bree said hmm both these are going to make me go broke as fun as starting a band with all friends is I became a punk drummer for a year because of this which you know Bree you are a legend at this stage of my life I don't want to lug you around to shows and practices I'm meeting new friends who own a bookstore this is a good answer. It is. It is. That's extremely solid reasoning. Yeah. Coral on Facebook said, silly question, bookstore all day. I think a band sounds like way too much work. And then superfan Lindsay agreed and says that she will always choose bookstore. And then Coral came back to Lindsay and said it sounds a little easier with a band, you have to travel on a bus. No thanks. And what if no one shows up at your shows? But what if nobody shows up at your bookstore? <laughs> like you've got an author reading or something. You see those on Twitter all the time where nobody shows up to the author readings. It's like, no, I'll come. I like that she, she shoots right to touring on a bus too. Uh, and I never made it to that point of career. The bus, is, the bus costs a few bucks. You're in a terrible <laughs> van or a minivan. <laughs> oh, the Vanyas. 
Mm. They're the bus years. Mm. Lydia on Facebook says, I have a guitar and an amp. So she's already ready to tour. She is already ready to tour. Actually, she doesn't have her guitar and amp. She actually let me borrow her guitar for um, our our episode picture because it's a... I mean, cool. it's exactly Vicious guitar, so... <laughs> You've stolen Vicious guitar. That's I stole terrible. it. I I have Vicious That's guitar. I have it. Terrible. It's fine. It's fine. Let's see. We have more comments. Um, Headzilla on Threads said, "You see, this is a tougher one than you might imagine at first. I mean, on one hand, bookstore. On the other hand, that means going out and meeting new people, which I don't know about you, terrifies the sweet holy fuckery out of me." Then there's the fun of sex, drugs, and rock and roll with your nice, warm, safe, friendly friends who you've known forever, and you don't need to worry about all the bullshit that comes along with getting to know new people. That's it. Banned. I'm very just surprised so you, by that. Just so you don't have to meet new people? <laughs> no, just knowing who Hedzilla is, that the big band. Mm. Be sitting there on the ukulele. <laughs> Meryl Child on Instagram, aka author friend Rosie Talbot, Definitely the bookstore. Obviously, she works in a bookstore. Preferably with one of the magical portals hidden in the shelves and a really good cafe. Now, I'm sorry, but Rosie obviously has one of these portals in the bookshop she works in. She must. So she's she's not answering from fiction. She's answering from life. (laughs) Our last comment is from Instagram, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's uh, from Nadia Johnson Books. And their response is bookstore, unless it's an ABBA tribute band, in which case my friends and I are so ready for that disco mess. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be in an ABBA tribute band. That sounds terrible. (laughs) I banned ABBA. I banned ABBA at my wedding. (sighs) I don't mind ABBA. They're pretty good. But the... uh... The barrier for entry of being an Avocat cover band, I think it's probably higher than a lot of us expect. Those are some tough tunes to pull off. Yeah. As well as very annoying once you've heard them 10,000 times. (laughs) I I will say, though, if you're ever in London, you get the chance to see the Abba Voyage show, which I did this year for a friend. We went for a friend's birthday. And it's all 3D electronics. The lights are fantastic. It's an absolute show. And I'm not an Abba fan, but that mm-hmm. was really fun. That was really good. Very so if cool. you're ever in London, go and see that. And I think that considering going to Las Vegas with it, it's yeah. all purpose-built stadium and everything. So it is oh. fun. Even if you nice. don't like ABBA, it is fun. Great. Um, do I have to answer it now? Yes, we insist. Yeah. Um, I would go for a bookstore at this age and point of my life. I think that sounds like more fun and you know, it's not impossible that it does become part of my future at some point. If I, I, I've always kind of wanted to have part of a bookstore at least to own that. So, and yeah. Having said that, I think the counter argument is not that I'm going to double up my answer. I've already decided it's a bookstore. But um, when I was in bands when I was young, I took it so seriously, and like it, it was, it was something that I needed to, to do like and think of as being my career um i think would actually be really fun at this age to just do a band and have fun with it if you're supposed to just enjoy playing music and that's not really a thing you can do as a business owner it's got to kind of like bear down and and do it whereas a band with your old friends can be just meeting up once a month in a a practice space and having fun Mm. 
Yeah, you just jam. Hmm. I have no musical talent whatsoever. I can do a lot of weird shit, a lot of random things, but I, I just, music eludes me. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. So I have to Who own a bookstore. Yeah, I guess. of course. Yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, I kind of do, except for it's not a bookstore, it's a library, but that's fine. You technically don't own it, you manage it, and I mean, it doesn't have books on a shelf yet. But it will. <laughs> my, I'm, I'm opening up a new branch in my community of, of my library system, and literally right. my blood, sweat, tears, and arm hair are in this branch. So it's mine. I'm, I'm claiming ownership. Yeah, you're not the owner, you're at least the overlord. God Emperor, yes. it is. It's your. It's your library. Yeah. I am going to name myself Overlord of the Library. Good. Thank you for I that. Do. I approve. Yes, I'm gonna. I I, a... I look forward to that sign on your office door. Yep, I'm doing it. I'm. Excellent. I need to make myself a note right now because I am. I, I've overlord. already written it down for you. Don't worry. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. I too am going to have a bookstore. I I have not a, a musical bone in my body. I've always wanted to own a, a indie bookstore with a cool kids section at the back with all the fairy tale stuff. I want, you know, the the a fantasy section. I want to really heavily theme it. I want the nice cafe. I want to smell yeah. coffee, and I want a tabletop section because I'm a massive tabletop geek as well. Yeah. And have tabletop nights, and I want to have book club nights. But I also want the book club nights where you don't have to talk to anybody. You can literally just come. Have a beverage, sit and read a book in somewhere comfortable and warm and a safe space, and just chill. And if you want to talk, you want to talk. That's fine. But it's just, you know, that companionable silence that you can get. Yeah. So, yeah. And I want to do loads of author events and just, like, I will make sure people turn up to it. Yeah. This level of detail, it sounds more like a business plan than a dream. <sighs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I have thought about it, but There's where I live, I don't know how much an indie bookshop would work. Well. Okay, so then what you need to do, you need to move here to to the United States, and then we open the fictional Hangover bookstore. I'm a not... bookstore, but 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 National Health Service. I'm uh, going yeah. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. you need to come here. And we'll just go to a bigger city. Okay. We yeah. have we have free healthcare in Canada too. So <gasps> let's go to Canada. On you. Let's, <laughs> let's go to Canada. Let's, let's just go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not to say that the system isn't incredibly overtaxed, like the NHS. I mean, overtaxes and like very busy. Not that I, yeah. Not that I mind paying taxes. I like paying taxes for good social services. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not paradise. No, but at least we don't have to pay, like, be worried about going to the hospital in an ambulance exactly. and forking yeah. out thousands and going into debt. Yeah. So yeah, okay. We'll how, we'll you. both uproot just... and we'll both go to Canada. Let's let's just we'll just do that. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I'm no longer depressed about living <laughs> in the United States with my very expensive, very bad health insurance. If we're no, moving to Canada. Is. It's fine. Yes. What a grim turn to, to what did I do? To, I know. Uh, what, is what is happening? What is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> do 
we need to start talking about teeth and spit again. Oh, look, yes. question yeah. two. Yay! <laughs> Would you rather have Ferris put his teeth in your mouth or drink the spit hairball potion? I would go spit hairball potion, oh. um, because the, the teeth thing is like so in the book. It's just so intentionally violating and creepy and sticks with you, whereas the spit thing is meant to like one thing. It's a friendly gesture, if not entirely like fully consensual. It's a, it's a person trying to help him, and also like it helps his body reject things as opposed to have them be part of him forever. So yeah, I, I think definitely spit. Oh, yuck. If yeah, it makes you feel better, it's more phlegm than spit. Like, very mucusy, <laughs> thick phlegm. I'm going to tear my A4 now just so I don't hear any more conversation. I think, right. I think you're going to make Claire vomit. I'm Has so... that happened on the podcast before? I like to no. have goals. No, this, 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 okay. would, be the fir- this yeah. would be the first one. I'm not actually going to do that. I would not want to make that happen. No, However, please. I think I could. I think I, I think could. Oh, Max is all for it. it. I am who would be amazing. That we'd all feel so bad, like you, because you just fallen. She would not. You would. You would. Amanda wouldn't. Amanda would just be laughing, and then the vomit, the video of me vomiting, would be everywhere. (laughs) Would be all over. She would. She would post it all across social media every freaking day. (laughs) She would set up timed posts to keep the duck going on. Great. That's my best right, friend, okay, everyone. We'll That's then. my best friend. I'm a really good person. <laughs> <laughs> what are you okay. doing, Amanda, while I recalibrate? Um, it's really hard to say because, I mean, they're both really gross. But I've got my weird obsession with teeth in horror books. So, I mean, I guess that's what I have to pick just because I love creepy teeth things. That's what I have to pick. I, I was so oh so good. I love, I love weird teeth things, and this book was full of it's, weird it's teeth. It's something things. that's definitely grown as we've been doing the podcast. Like I know. First, eh, teeth. I cool. think I, now I think I just might have like forced it into existence. It's definitely been manifested. It has been. I love yeah. it so much. I too am going to pick teeth just so I don't have to think about the alternative because even moderately thinking about my stomach is turning yeah it's, really... Uh, it really it sneaks up on me like uh, the last thing I wrote was uh, a non-YA horror like just a slim novella and in that case too like there's things in it that are so obviously gross when people tell me about like oh this part of your book was so disgusting and to me I'm not because it's not intentional to like write something gross. I'm just writing like what makes sense in the scene, um, what what is cool or interesting in the scene. In some cases, I just never realize like how actually what the effect is going to be of like it's disgusting. And yeah, certainly talking about it a little out of context. Both those things are really gross, and I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. Never. Don't apologize at all. You, you never be sorry. Getting this kind of visceral reaction out of yeah. someone should be exactly what you want as an author. And mm-hmm. you know, bravo, sir, bravo. It's two things I hate are things in walls. I don't mm. know. It's just like, it's spitting. And as we discussed with me and Amanda, and, and when we talked about it, was, 
we kind of boiled it down to recreational spitting. Like, what, and I don't know in I don't I said I don't know in American. I certainly don't know in Canada. But it's a thing where and then British men, the vile creatures that they are, yeah. seem to just walk along. Not all of them, but what, there's a certain stereotype. Walk along and they'll just hock a loogie and just right really yeah. lob something thick and viscous out. And it's like, <laughs> why are you doing that? I've got to walk on that path now. That's disgusting. Yeah. Brushing your teeth, fine. Illness, fine. You know, getting something that needs to be out a foreign body out of your mouth, fine. Yeah. But it's just... Oh. Also, Who has that much extra a... spit? <laughs> how do you feel about chewing tobacco? What is that? Don't understand it. <laughs> Don't understand it. Bah- yeah. It's just, you know, it's a backy... Uh, no, I think I feel like that's quite an American thing as well. Chewing tobacco now. I yeah, feel like geez. in the American South, hey y'all, <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm adding that to the list of why it's bad. why we're moving <laughs> to Canada instead. Yes. <laughs> Where are you both based? If I can ask, I'm in Toronto in Canada. I am in the northeast of England. I am in Arkansas. Arkansas, cool. Never been there. Been to Tennessee. I've been to uh, Louisiana, but not Arkansas. There's some good stuff here. There's Mm. also some not good stuff here. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I've had, I I like this out though. I I I have a I'm a member of the Southern Foodways Association. You know that like a, my very yes. first book was about was a food book, and like they invited me down to do a talk, and yeah, I really came to learn more about the South than I did before. Yeah. Have you been to Waffle House? It's my dream. My dream I have is to been go to Waffle. House. <laughs> my dream is to go to Waffle House. It's the one thing I want in this world is to go to Waffle House. <laughs> it's it's pretty neat. I like it. Very efficient, very nice place, you know. I, but I, also, I thought, you know, that white tablecloth place. I've always said to Amanda, if I ever come to the south and we go, and we're going to do a live episode from a Waffle House, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just going to be me eating hash browns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Let's move waffle, on. Waffle, waffle House. <laughs> Hit us up for some sponsorship. Come on. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <sighs> What's our next question? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather own a bookstore or a record store? A uh, bookstore. Absolutely. For one thing, like I find it easier and more fulfilling to keep up with book world, book life, and to have the knowledge and the engagement to run a record store not something I want to do at this point. I'm, uh, especially like when it comes to more popular music, I feel completely out of step and lost now. I listen to tons of music still and tons of new music too, but just like, I've never, I never thought I'd feel so alienated by what's on the radio or like yeah. watch like the red carpet and MTV and be like, I, I don't know any of these people, but of course it's inevitable. Like that's yeah. when I, when my father was 40 and and he was watching what I was listening to or what I was watching on, on those channels. I'm sure he felt just mystified. 
I don't know why it came as such a surprise to me that I would become an out-of-touch older man. <laughs> I know, you, you listen to the radio, though, and you think, if you, as long as you consistently listen to the radio, why shouldn't you know who these people are? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my rec- my my music knowledge is terrible. I, I know what I like and who I like, but I couldn't actually tell you, like, album names or song titles. I just It's just yeah. not information that sticks. Movies, yes. Music, yeah. for some reason, no. Yeah. So, yeah. For that reason, I'm having the bookstore. Yeah. Excellent. I, I want to have a bookstore, too, definitely. But then, again, also, I got the, the whole library thing going on uh, where yeah. I am the overlord. Yes, overlord. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like if I had a record store, it would just be, like, only the things that I like, which would include, like, 90s late 80s early 90s like hip-hop and um you know classic rock weird al all over the place (laughs) no one would want to come to my record store it's weird al it's sir (laughs) mix-a-lot there's a there's some journey there we'll keep journey no nobody would want to come to my record store I like it. I like the sound of this place, but <laughs> I understand its limitations as well. Yeah, nobody, nobody wants to come here. Which would you'd go? You would be accused of witchcraft if listening to. That would be mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, and then some random pop stuff in there because damn, I've got taste. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's eclectic. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, look, I'm. I rarely listen to music anymore. I'm always listening to an audio book instead. So it's, it's just, still yeah. really, it's still really important to me. And like, it's, it's. I always thought that I'd outgrow heavy metal, especially like when I started to listen like death metal. I just never assumed like, oh, well, this is clearly something that eventually I'm just going to seek into listening to like Bach and Brahms because it has you know the same kind of chromatic scales. And I do listen to Bach and Brahms, but I also still listen to Carcass. Like this, it's never gone away for me. And yeah, I still listen to a lot of music every day. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I feel like I'm I, I've lost touch with like important new media things like podcasts and and even audiobooks. Like I I definitely like kind of skew musical more than listening to to the voice. Yeah. Sometimes I've got to have a dance party in my kitchen. Sometimes I've got to sit back and listen to a book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost always listening to a book. And, like, the only time when I'm not listening to a book, like when I'm in the car driving, is that I just finished my book and I'm driving so I can't start another one safely. So So You settled for the radio. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and then I've got, like, satellite radio. So then it's, it's the 90s music, which is fine. Yeah. Or my classic rock, which is fine. There's not a Weird Al station, though, on the satellite yeah. radio. Yeah. Need, to, need, need to work on that. Manifesting, manifesting, <laughs> manifesting. Yeah, you see, my, my commute is always quite long. Like if, I'm, if I know I'm not... If, if And I get stuck in traffic. It's a long commute and traffic uh, because of roadworks. So I check to see how much of a book I've got left. And if I don't mm. think I'm going to make it home, then I'll line up about three or four different podcast episodes, depending on what I'm listening to, um, just to make sure I have that consistency. Because I don't like chopping and changing between. I like to like zone mm. out. 
uh, and listen to one thing. So I've been listening to a lot of true crime lately. And oh, yeah. I was just telling Amanda I was listening to like the West Memphis 3, where again, it's all like the music that they listened to and the books that they read got them accused of these terrible crimes. Mm. So I'm like, oh, well, we're going to get done for murder now if based on their history. That's such an... In- that's such an intense and crazy story, and that actually that always like really hit up. I remember that was like Metallica licensed their music to the first list documentaries for free because they were like big believers in it. And also, it just feels bad to have a kid in jail with your T-shirt on because he's wearing your T-shirt. But I, it it really resonated for me. Like I had a lot of uh, similar childhood teenage stuff to Vish in this book in terms of the, the things I was into, not. Thankfully, not his like difficult family situation, but just made me realize like you know different place, different time. I could be in jail for wearing this T-shirt, and not even a different time. It was basically the same year that I was getting into all this stuff. So how dare you have naturally black hair as well? I mean, obviously, just yeah, Yeah. crazy. It's crazy stuff. It's crazy. Anyhow, should we have another question? Yes. (laughs) Why are my questions like? the worst ones oh because oh, i wrote no. them oh, oh that's why um, oh. okay would you rather do this on purpose i know use spit or a cat laser ball as a weapon cat laser ball because bloody hell with the spit <laughs> i love you know it's so good definitely definitely the cat laser ball because it all like uh, it helps the cat eventually because yeah. it's not you know kind of like takes out a lot of toxic spiritual plaque and also it's very cool and unexpected and yeah. i have to admit i feel really weird talking about that part of the book but you guys did say this is a spoilery podcast oh yeah we've already yeah. told everybody that buddy is the mvp and saves the day yes yeah this is actually by the way let me see if i can free this this is the real buddy's caller unfortunately <gasps> he's no longer with us of course oh. but that's why that's part of like the origins of this book is oh. really missed my stupid dead cat. Oh. Put him in a book. Yeah. And he lives forever. As long as enough people read the book, of course. Yeah. So if you care about my cat. And he's got laser powers. So. Exactly. Yes. Oh. I don't know if you could hear one of my cats was outside of my door meowing earlier. So. Oh, yeah. They wanted to participate. We have a couple now. There's another cat in the book, Moby. That is yeah. one of my current living cats, and we have another new one. Yeah, she's rambunctious. She's good. Um, and what is her name? Who is she? Her name. Well, it's a bit disputed in the house. My wife calls her Molly. I call her Mall, like uh, Mall, like in Daniel Defoe's Mall Flanders. I just think it's a cooler name. Yeah. 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 Oh. See, I just I just have B. He's just like the letter B. B. Oh, nice! I like that. Yeah. Uh, and Gozer from Ghostbusters. Oh, excellent! Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great cat name, actually. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's a, he's a good cat. Both of them are great cats. They don't have laser powers, though. That you know. Well, yeah, that's well, the you thing. Know, they've they have had... to be extracted. Right. But they they've had a good life. They don't have a lot of you know, therapists, you know, sharing or people going to therapists, sharing all of their emotional drama and all of that stuff. They don't have that. They're just, they're just fat, 
jolly older gentleman cats. They just chill. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they probably wouldn't have lasers. Unless no they've been into your library and been reading your books and had got the emotions <laughs> from the books. Right. You don't know what they're doing when you're at work. That's true. They do. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they get up to. <sighs> I don't think you answered the question. I don't think I did, did either. Yeah. I don't think I did. I mean, I, mm, I feel like you have to choose cat lasers. Yeah. Because you because you have to. But I feel like if if I did use spit as a weapon, I would injure myself. More than I would injure anyone else because I don't have that that's like spitting ability. I would just drool all over myself. Yeah. And that's that's not uh, that's, that's not wrong. dangerous to anyone. Yeah. It's good to myself. know it's good you know that about yourself so you yeah. don't get, get into that situation. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I took my A four now. I didn't need to hear it. <laughs> Lastly, would you rather bounce around back in time or go to one time specifically? Jeez, this is always a tough one because, you know, there's so, there's, as like an English speaking brown guy, there's a lot of places in the past that I find fascinating that, that, I don't know, I might have a harder time blending in without it being pretty unpleasant for me. Yeah. But if if that wasn't an an object, it would definitely be like a um eighteen nineties London, like a, and mm. shortly after, like the sort of Sherlock Holmes and Henry James era, like I, I, that's that's kind of a time I feel like I would really like to live in. Are you going to solve the Ripper murders? <laughs> I don't think I'll stay for just no, stay out of Whitechapel <laughs> and uh, have a very different life. Um, but yeah, there's something about the sort of bouncing around in time and sort of sampling things from different era in the Grimmer that I could see the appeal. That's why I wrote about it, of course, is I could definitely see the appeal. But it also makes you like sort of ageless and dislocated from reality in a way that if I ever wrote more about these characters, I'd really want to explore that more, like what it's like to be just completely not tied to a place and not tied also to like living a certain span of life and then dying. Mm. That's I feel it begins to make you somewhat inhuman as like is you don't really see that much of that in in Gisela in in this book but yeah if I did go on with this this story I think you would see more of that oh, yeah that would be really cool I love that she's like well I'm 16 but I'm also 786 <laughs> yeah shit <laughs> that's it's a wide range of time quite a span yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a debate of uh, age gaps as well yeah but we what we talked about this there was no romance in this book so yeah i mean i just we didn't have to worry I th- about I that i thought that was pretty organic to that story like he's just not he's not dating material our, our young protagonist in here i feel like his friends matt and danny both in their way could could have like romance and even in this book if there were enough pages that could happen but certainly in another book but yeah i just didn't see that as it wasn't a conscious decision of like I don't like romance and YA books or anything. I, it just as much as it's very it makes a lot of sense that that Vish would crush desperately on Gisela, it doesn't make sense that that would be reciprocal in any way. 
and yes. and the age gap thing is like it's significant. Like he's not, he's a, uh, he's not even quite his age because he's been sort of pulled out of his life for a couple of years. So he's got, he's got that mix that I think a lot of bookish teenagers do, where you're pretty smart but you're also incredibly immature. Mm. Yeah, which uh, we appreciated. Like, not I'm I'm not opposed to having romance in books at all, um, but. I don't like it when it's shoehorned in or forced. You know, yeah. you've yeah. made to. I can see, depending on trends and publishing houses, etc. You know, the political side to it, where you'd be told, "No, Vish and Gisela have to kiss at some point. They have to yeah. have a romance yeah. at some point." So I'm really glad that it wasn't in there because otherwise, you know, it was such an organic relationship that they did have. Um, mm. uh, I very much appreciated that. It was, that was nice. Thanks. It's great. Glad it worked. I'm going to bounce through time. There's not one time historically that I'm bothered by. Like I need to see the pyramids being created. I want to see a dinosaur so badly. <laughs> you know, I want to go and see the Regency tomfoolery and all that kind of stuff. But I need medicine. I need indoor plumbing. I don't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Antibiotics are a really relatively recent invention, and damn, I like them. You know, yeah. I like yep. toilet paper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I like to be able to take a couple of ibuprofen when I've got a headache. So I need to make sure that I am, you know, safe in these places. There, there's a series of books that I absolutely adore called The Chronicles of Saint Mary's. Um, it's excessively British, and it is a time travel book. Don't say it's time travel though. The, the go and catalogue history in current time. But you know that it says time travel. Um, okay. But they bounce around and they talk a lot about how they have to be dressed periodly appropriate. Mm-hmm. They have to undergo quarantines. They have to make sure that they've got all their inoculations all up to date. And there is one or two characters that do have that dislocation with time as well, which is very interesting to see. And what can happen if you are out of your own time um, so I kind of like felt with the grimmer I could see that very closely tying in, um, and they that 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 so the, the the their picture of time felt very close to what you were building as well. So it felt very comfortable for me, and I really enjoyed it. But I, I need to be safe. I need my toilet paper. <laughs> I need my medication. I'm taking antibiotics with me just in case. So yeah, I'm gonna bounce around see a dinosaur. Yeah. very reasonable yeah i'm gonna have to do that too and it's interesting that you that you answered that in that way because that was my reasoning as well like i can't go very far back in time on account of the diabetes and you know needing insulin yes so I, i'll go and visit i'll take some extra supplies with me but i can't stay there I can't say there because I'll just shrivel up and die. Yeah, and that wouldn't be yeah. very fun. Yeah, nostalgia is a, is a dangerous thing politically in many ways, but there's also just this practical element of like as much as this seems like not the best time to be living in many ways, it is, which is crazy. But yes, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Could I go forward in time? Because maybe I'll go forward to a specific time, but then I don't know. And then also thinking about bouncing around in time, like, is it going to butterfly effect? 
Are terrible things going to happen? It's going to go wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, and then the Paradox Police are going to come after you, and it's all just going to turn into a massive mess. It's dangerous. Do you really want to know the future? Do you want to go 10 years in the future and find out that somebody close to you is dead? No. Then that's why are you making this terrible? Because that's normally my job. (laughs) No, time is terrible. Going forward or back is terrible. You know, go if you. It's like going. Oh, I'm going to go back to the 70s. You know, flower power man. No serial killers. Do you know how many serial killers were around in the 70s? Don't avoid that shit. Don't go there. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Don't, don't pick, oh, help I've got people a list. move couches into their no, vans. Don't go into the forest. Don't camp. <laughs> don't hitchhike. Keep your doors locked. Don't sleep on the sofa. I've got a list now. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's just you. You got to think of the practicalities. <laughs> the practicalities of survival in time. I'm just, glad, I'm just glad it went straight to serial killers. I've been listening to a lot of true crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to avoid the entire West Coast of the United States between about 1965 and 2000. Yeah, yeah, all serial killers all the time. Don't go yeah. to the Yorkshire area in the UK for and then around about the same period as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I mean, to be fair, wouldn't you be so tempted just go back to like 1995 and invent YouTube? earlier than what it was and Amazon and stuff and be like yeah back to the future too of it I really liked how they did it that was so elegant in that movie that it's just like an almanac like baseball scores makes all the difference financially it's great it's amazing but then but then but then you get biffed don't get biffed don't get biffed Oh, you, and then Biff of time was actually basically just Donald Trump. So it's terrible. It's terrible. Nobody well, wants to get biffed. We need him washing cars and being meek. We don't need him rising to power. Agreed. In a casino. <laughs> I should rewatch those. Oh, yeah, you should. I feel like Back to the Future is coming up in conversation quite a lot lately. And Ghostbusters. Yes. We do uh. tend to talk about those things quite a lot. <laughs> On a book podcast. And I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's fine. We're um, nothing if not eclectic. Right. Um, so that's the end of our Would You Rather questions. And then we have a couple more other things. And I feel like, I mean, I know that we have some book-related questions, but I feel like what we were just talking about leads itself very well into like the pop culture references in the book they were were so good like i just i just i need to know well first i guess we should talk about the things that were mentioned you know there's a conan the barbarian poster He's wearing Batman Forever boxers. Like, these are all amazing things. They're watching Clint Eastwood movies. And, you know, he's listening to Slayer and Megadeth and Metallica and Motorhead and, like, all of these things. Like, are those your favorite things? It's in terms of, like, you know, I don't... It's, I've written a lot of... No, not a lot. I've written quite a few books now. I don't find it that interesting to, like, write very closely to myself, usually. Like, there's no, no character I've written who's, like, that's me. But... Vicious tastes are very much 
my own tastes and like especially at that age that at, at be, being like 16 years old 14 to 16 um and a lot of like those discoveries in in the sort of pre-internet age where you'd get really intensely into like one album and then the next and then the next and so that little world of thrash metal and then you know older movies as well as like admittedly not the best batman movie but the one that was my favorite when i was 12 <laughs> um all those things definitely did sneak in there yeah that's and it wasn't just sneaking it was an essential aesthetic part of of this novel and i think it's it's interesting like how little off the beaten path you have to get if you're growing up in a certain kind of small town or city and in in order to be like completely alternative and weird and like vicious tastes are just weird enough for him to be completely out of the mainstream in his in his town as as mine were too even though you know it's funny because those bands all the ones you've mentioned have sold millions of records so it's not that small of a group yeah no, no. it's not i uh i love that you mentioned that Batman forever was your favorite because i originally there was a an addition to this question which Batman movie is your favorite, but... Um, you know, looking back at, like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, a bit exhausted of superhero world, so I've, I've, I've uh, fallen off for the last bit, but I think, actually, Batman Returns, like, this, the second Tim Burton one, <sighs> with, like, yeah. the wintry landscape, and uh, Catwoman, and Christopher Walken. That, yeah. That's the one I, I like the best. It just has, yeah. like, the richest world in it. Mm. Batman Forever, I've, like, I think I actually kind of um, I appreciate it on revisit too, just because it's such a camp movie. It's a, it's such a great return to like the Adam West Batman, and like it has like, you know, it's it's like a great queer Batman movie. It's it's, it's neat, and and it's great that it, it he just snuck it he snuck it in there as a, as a sequel to a movie that was not at all like that queer anyway. It's, yeah. uh, it's neat. I feel like Batman and Robin is better slash worse though. With oh, I mean, oh. in terms of like completely like flooring it on the camp and going <laughs> crazy, yeah, that's it. But the whole erotica also... of that movie was epic. But it also just it looks bad. Like it, every frame <laughs> in that movie looks terrible. Just... But Joel but... is a great, brilliant director who's made a lot of good movies. And, yeah, you can't always have gold though. Yeah. But but it but it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in. And he had some <laughs> right. terrible puns and they were amazing. So bad. Yeah. You're biased though. <laughs> you your your Arnold Schwarzenegger love knows no bounds. I know. <laughs> I am oddly obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which then again is another question because you mentioned him a couple of times. Conan is it Barbara really in there a couple of times? It is! Yeah. It is. Well, I think twice. Just just the Conan yeah. poster, and then there was. Now I can't remember what it is, but. Uh, I mean, I I believe you because yeah. he was and is huge for me. I love Arnold. Oh my god! But, yeah. Someone else loves Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian is like a, is actually like an important movie for me, <laughs> and it was the one that like uh, somebody who worked in my dad's office when I was literally six months old in 1982 um, told my mother like 
never let your children watch this movie. It's hor- it's horrific. Like I don't know. And so like it was like on a very short list of like kind of forbidden movies for me. Even though I could watch, you know, like I watched RoboCop when I was eight or nine, just way more violent and crazy than than Conan. But as a result of that, I realized like well, my parents let me read everything. So uh, next time I was at a used bookstore, like in after I was deeply internal, I I started to get the uh, Robert E. Howard Conan books and like the El Sprague de Camp ones, and that opened up the whole world of American pulp fiction for me. Like that led to Lovecraft and. There's a lot of Lovecraft in, in the Grimmer and in all, all my horror world. So thanks to that sort of uh, puritanical forbidding of Conan, uh, I found a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> That's an amazing. That is an amazing story. I don't think I've ever heard anyone being f- forbidden to watch yeah. that movie. I'm, I can't even think of anything that's... I mean, there were a lot of like... It's been a while since I've seen it. I can't think. You know, James Earl Jones had a really interesting hairdo in that one. Yeah, that that right. could be considered offensive. But his I mean his hair was long <laughs> and beautiful and then he turned into a snake, which was amazing. Yeah. But I just I'm I'm going to have a look at the IMDB pet parental like notes because that, that may be Mm. The parental guides on IMDb are always hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. wondering if it's on there. <gasps> so, there was a woman who was stripped of almost all her clothing. Yes, yeah, she there. had yeah. her breasts exposed and part of her butt cheek. <sighs> the butt cheek, really. Brief shots of breasts and butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All true. It's all in there. Oh, there is a bestiality <laughs> implied in a scene. And there are a couple it's, of hardcore sex scenes. So I can understand you. It, it's all about There are butts. not a couple of hardcore sex scenes. <laughs> <don't> think... <laughs> of course not. It's, there's like very soft movie sex scenes. <laughs> Seriously, most of, the, most of this are buttocks and breasts. That's all they're talking about, butts and breasts. Butts I mean, and boobs, butts they and did. Boobs. There's a camel punched in the head and falls unconscious <laughs> to the ground. Two men are attacked by a giant snake. <laughs> Yes, and then there were also those people who like really straightened out the snakes and used them as arrows. That... Yeah, you know, you know what it might be. I'm thinking like this is uh, when we lived in a pretty Christian part of Canada, and it's possible that this woman is Christian and offended by the crucifixion of Conan, where oh, he crucified yeah. and then he like that bird is that the vulture is like pecking at him and he he like bites it in the neck and drinks its blood to keep living. <laughs> But I could see, like, I could see, that... even though, like, Robert E. Howard was talking about he loved Rome. So, like, that was a very Roman punishment. Yeah. And I don't think he's riffing on Jesus. But I could see, perhaps, if she thought it was, that that would be blasphemous mm-hmm. and therefore offensive. Maybe there that was... There several uses of hell. And Conan does call a woman slut. Mm. That's true. He does. You need to quit I believe reading. it's old, old slut. <laughs> 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 Who hasn't called a woman a slut? In a, in a nice way, though, because it, it's now tw- 20, 23. You can call someone a friend. If you have, it, it's the camel gets punched in the head and falls unconscious <laughs> to the ground for me. We can't watch it That's anymore. That's when he's high on, on uh, Black Lotus, I believe. Yeah. And it's not responsible for his actions. I've oh. seen the movie a few times. It's a good movie. Don't forget the witch turns into a demonic creature. Yeah. 
And the vulture tries to eat Corn and alive. <laughs> but Cornan takes a bite out of the vulture instead. Yes. yes. I, I love the pair of guys on IMDb. They're absolutely that's... ridiculous. I'm going to stop that's, reading. That's from otherwise. one of the old pulps, actually. That that scene is in, like, not even a, that great of a Conan story, but when John Milius, the writer director, read that scene, he's like, that's, that is Conan. That goes in the movie. It's a, it's a great adaptation. He really understood that character through and through. And, and as I'm sure. Uh, Amanda knows when Millie's would talk about the movie, he said, if we didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger, we would have had to build him because nobody else would have been Conan, which I think is true. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Do you still have the same love of the Conan? Is it Jason Momoa did Conan the Barbarian as well? I cannot yeah. remember that movie. I've seen was, it once and I cannot remember it. He was really well cast, especially as a young Conan, but that's a bad movie, unfortunately. It is say. not a good movie yeah. at all. Yeah. But he could have done it with a better script. My favourite's Total Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I do also have a very, very soft spot in my soul for Total Recall. I love it. I think the best is probably Terminator 2. But probably my personal (gasps) favourite is Predator. I also like like Running Man. Twins. No, sit with Twin- oh, No, Twins is so good. I love Running Twins. Man is spectacular. I will not have a bad word said about it. No. God, I the end of the Grimmer is very much like a, I wouldn't say a ripoff, but certainly a tribute and nod to the end of Terminator 2. So you've got like this character whose like arm is mostly yes. destroyed and missing and like kind of like bidding farewell to Sun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah except for he's not yeah. in the lava. He's in yeah. the magical yeah. lake. Yeah. If you should have made him give a thumbs up as he walked down into the water. <laughs> that's such a contentious thing. I know some people who think that that's so cheesy. I'm like, yeah, it is, but it's also exactly perfect. Like, yeah, it close. is. Like, to yeah, be fair, yeah. though, he only had one arm, and if he tried to give the thumbs up, where's he going to put the orb? Where's he carrying it? Like, just stuff it well, up he, his shirt or something? No, he can carry it, like, in between his knees, just for a but, second, yeah. just so he can thumbs down. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it would have yeah. been perfect. <laughs> a perfect ending for Agastya. How, it, it's there, it's just not written. It's not explicit. It's in yes, my heart now. That's right. It's in, you can it's in our hearts and in our souls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So good. I feel like I love this book more now that we're that we're talking about it oh, like, in depth. Definitely. Okay. We both... Do you know what I love about it? I'm, I'm going to interrupt all your Arnold Schwarzenegger fangirl <gasps> stuff do. and say what I love about it I think was you the mix should. of science and magic. Right. Like, <sighs> it's like, was it magic is just science, something that's not being explained by science or some, you know, that, that yeah. famous quote. And I actually, I, for me, like, it, how a TV works is magic. I don't know how it works. I turn it, it on, yeah. I see pictures. And yeah. I, I adored that kind of mix of how all it is is atoms. It's just, you know, vibrations. Is, yeah. It, it was really, really good. So, what made you think let's make science and magic basically the same thing well definitely like i started with like alchemical stuff as as science did actually like i was really thinking about that i knew i wanted to have sort of like magicians from the past in it basically but i thought that having um that bleeding point of between alchemy and science would be interesting and then i remembered this really there's a great lovecraft short story called uh the dreams in the witch house which is about um this student of quantum physics and math at a university who 
he becomes really interested in this like one particular like a witch. Her name is Hezekiah Mason. Great, great witch name. And uh, he discovers like things about her and like particularly the apartment she lives in. There's like impossible angles in this room. And he, I've he seen finds she's written. I've uh, seen this like adaptation of it. I was like, oh my god, you're gonna start talking cool. about the angles and the ceiling, aren't you? Like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and I just found like so that's you know one of his many innovations, like this idea that like the most advanced human science, like the things we get to, can actually catch up to older forms of human knowledge. Not something that I actually personally believe at all. It's something that is extremely fertile for a book. And yeah, I thought that I thought that it would just also be interesting because they're both, like you said about the television, they're incomprehensible unless if your mind doesn't work a certain way or if you're not willing to put the work in. And I think, and Vicious is the kind of person who like, I don't think he'll ever come to grasp the magic that, that's in front of him because he'll never actually follow through and make the effort to do it because he doesn't think he's that kind of person. And that's like kind of what Giselle is indicating to him is like, if you want to come to grips with this, it's going to take absolute devotion. And I don't think you're that devoted to this thing. Yeah. You're going to need 15 solid years of studying quantum physics or <laughs> yeah. something like that to, to quote yeah. the book. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Fish is just a 15 year old, boy who you know yeah. who dreams of books and music and that's not a bad place to be no. well that's the thing like the things that he will take other things very seriously and those are the things that he'll get great at i think that's like the that's the the lesson she's teaching him by being really hard on him which maybe he doesn't grasp within the span of the book yeah i feel like though he's also because he's been gone for two years he's reconnecting and he's he's having to reconnect to his parents, his community, his friends, and find out who he actually is in the real world again. Like he's been isolated for so long. I feel so sorry for him. <laughs> that's good. That's, uh, yeah, that's intentional. I hope that there's that like that aspect of um you know feeling bad for for this kid who's still like you know he's kind of bratty in a lot of ways and he. I think he definitely does sometimes feel like the smartest person in the room, even though he's not, and even though he full well knows that he's kind of behind things. Um, I also did want below all that, like kind of that kind of form of nerd bravado, is like this real loneliness and need to sort of catch up to where he's supposed to be in life, yeah, where he thinks he's supposed to be. I, th I think it really comes through well and me and Amanda talked about it in the first one like the biggest surprise we had was Agastya Vish mm -hmm. yeah. huge spoiler everyone if you haven't listened to the main episode but you know you know what Fictional Hangover was about um, and it, it the first time, because we've both read it a couple yeah. of times and the first time neither of us caught it <sighs> and we were annoyed that we didn't get it because if we don't get the twists it bugs the life out of us oh, but then it's <laughs> so good when we don't get the twists it's only happened one other time yes oh. and then when we read it back through again we're like it's freaking there it's, it's, the signs are there it's yeah. all there he yeah. even calls, but he even says dad Oh yeah, Dad's in the hospital right now, isn't he? Ah, you said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the so familiar good. smell of his childhood house. Yes. He knows where everything is in the freaking kitchen. Honestly, <laughs> it was all freaking that. So good. And, 
what I got from that second time round as well, knowing the Agastya-Vish twist, was that mm-hmm. when Agastya is talking to Vish, yeah, 15 Vish, um, you can tell he's really exacerbated. Like He's really pissed off with his 15-year-old self. He's like, God, I'm yeah. a dick. I was an annoying dick. I'm an absolute asshole. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to do sad things in the bathroom again. Take some time along. Probably yeah. wash it down with some rum. Because I cannot stand myself. Yeah. I'm an irritating little twit. And I'm like, yeah, I think I would be annoyed by my 15-year-old self. I'd be annoyed oh, by my 30-year-old self or Same. 35-year-old self. Same. Yeah, that felt very true. That felt very true. That might be the truest part of the whole book is just like how, you know, at, at, at our most self-loving, we can be like fond of the person we used to be. But at the same time, like the memories that, that, that rule and dominate are memories of how annoying and, and, and tough to deal with you must have been. And yeah, I wanted to kind of build that in in a sort of weird backwards way. I think there's probably in that too is like some of the, me getting in the way of making sure I was not writing just about myself too much. Yeah. There's like sort of a couple of screens there. It gives you it gives you some perspective when you put different versions of the self in the very same book. At, the, at first, like the first read through, um, it was very like a, a familial thing, a like brotherly sibling kind of older yeah. sibling who they've never really lived together because there's such an age gap. That kind of irritation. But then on the second time, you go, oh, it's because it's the same person. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you could talk to 15-year-old self, 15, you know, you've gone done the time travel thing, you're talking to yeah. 15-year-old self, would you actually give yourself some advice or would you just go, slap? <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> I, I, I kind of kind of, you, you, you hear the, you get the question of what would you tell your that, younger self? It feels like Time cop stuff. You remember how in, in Time Cop with Van Damme, if you like touch your your past self, you like melt into like a weird, um, weird little monster thing. <laughs> I feel like it would be. It's just it's just a level of tampering too much. Yeah. I, th- I think you have to go through being ex- as exactly as intolerable and annoying as you were, um, barring if you become like extremely antisocial and hostile and awful to other people. Then maybe I'd give some advice, but I never quite got to that level. I was just, yeah. um, I think probably the things that make me feel worse are like, I think a way a lot of um, kids who think they're smart and funny sort of like start to sharpen their wit is by being mean to the people who are closest to them and mm-hmm. like just sort of uh, seeing how far they can push that. And I definitely did that a lot with like my friends and family both. And you know, it's a very common, but it also sucks. And there's just no need for it. So that would be something I'd single out as like that's really an unfortunate way to behave, and you'll you'll be embarrassed by it someday. Cringe. So cringe. <laughs> cool. I don't know what I, think, I would go back and tell my 15 year old self. I think there's always the sensible thing, like you know, you tell yourself like the, the, the life advice. Like, you know, as an adult now, if I started doing that when I was a teenager, I would be physically more capable now or mentally in a better place or 
professionally in a better place like you know invest in apple or something you know um <laughs> but i think logistically like realistically you, it's like when when i've watched like you know rupaul's drag race and stuff and they've talked and you've got the drag queens and they're going through they go through hell and this is just an extreme example and they'd like to tell 15 year old self that it will get better and you'll find your community and all that kind of thing and that's lovely but i don't think i would ever tell my 15 year old self that because like you say i think you need to have that exploration to be able to be the person that you are yeah i feel like if i were to tell myself something it would be like you can be as weird on the outside and with people around you as you are on the inside and it'll be okay but now you know but here we are now and I have a weird teeth in horror obsession and I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like all of these things are fine now. And like, I should have, I, if I could tell my 15 year old self that like, it's okay to be weird. You you should do that. Yeah. That probably, yeah. I might be more weird now, which is hard to think about. I think I'll probably tell 15 year old me don't put those books in the charity put them in the attic you'll want them back again one day oh that's such a good point yeah I mean I I mean as you can actually I don't know how much you can see I don't I don't throw away many books like they're they're all around me but you know what it it did actually happen like when I left when I moved out of Vancouver to here like I, I held onto a bunch of books in a storage unit forever and then I just realized like there's just no way that I'll ever unless I can actually afford a home someday. I just can't hold on to these, but I still feel like just terrible. <laughs> I sold them all at my very favorite used bookstore in, in uh, Vancouver. And like, I know that they are going to like the kind of reader community that I really like best. And, but at the same time, those are my gosh darn books. Yeah. <laughs> they should yeah. be on my shelves. I didn't realize, I realized I don't know if, if you cuss on the podcast. So. Oh, so much. We're made of fucks. Oh, okay. So yeah, feel yeah. free. Okay, that was I would have used stronger language there. Yeah. <laughs> but I kinda liked it. It. Is, it was it was yeah. wholesome. It was yeah. precious. <laughs> no, I feel like there's a void. You can feel the void inside of you and it's book shaped. And it's like mm. they're they're out in the world somewhere, they go, Claire, why did you do this to us? And yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody else found them and loved them. So the better of, and the better of treat them right, because yeah. you know, otherwise, you know, when I'm a ghost, I'm coming for them. One of these days, you know, when you're drunk at two a.m. on Abe Books, maybe you'll order your very own book back at some point. <gasps> you I've know, been there. That, maybe yeah. you will. I've done that before. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a dangerous place. Mm. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I do kind of like the idea of being a vengeful spirit of going after the people who've treated my books wrong. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> is there any particular book, like one book that you've lost, like in, in an edition that is very uncommon that you want back? Or is it no. really just like the, the books, like those, the particular ones you have? No, um, we actually covered, there was one book we covered on the podcast um, called Horoscope. And I, oh. I, I, I it's, it's, it's in the depths of behind my monitor because um, I have books freaking everywhere and um, I read it's like from 1993 and oh there it is thank you very much it cool. is a 
it is an old book and it is definitely of its times and I yeah. adored that book for no reason other than it was just absolutely terrible and it was a terrible horror there was rereading it I, I swear the Ren Faire that happens when there's more there was a, there's a serial killer in it that uses a horoscope very tenuously to do the murders and I just absolutely freaking adored that book yeah. and I can't remember but we had a book theme and I can't remember why we, what the book theme was it might be like Blast from the Past or something like that yeah. and I was like can we please cover this book and I yeah. found very difficultly two copies of the book because you, it, you you can only get them in physical form and I got one for myself and I sent the other one over to Amanda and we covered it it was just hilarious just like why did I like this book so much it's terrible but it's so good at the same time but we had an I had like a massive point horror, uh, Goosebumps, uh, oh, yeah. Christopher Pikes, all of those, you know, 90s YA horror books yeah. and crime books. And I freaking loved them. And I wish I still had them. And I know there's like the Point Horror Book Club and the YA Book Club that, you know, the podcasters and Shelley and Josh Winning and everybody do. Um, but I had them and I would love. Part of me would love to rebuy them, but also a part of me acknowledges that they are Teen Claire. That's Teen Claire. That's what she grew up on. That's what yeah, she loved. Yeah. And that will help form my reading because I remember read. I, I didn't wear start wearing glasses until I was about 12 years old. And then I lived at the library. I borrowed so many books because I could see and I could read without headaches. And it was just a thing of beauty. And I read the entire YA section, I'm sure, in a year and was demanding more. Um, and I was always at the bookshop. My mum knew I was either at the library or at the bookshop buying books because I could read without pain. And uh, yeah. uh, so I kind of had that nostalgia for those rather than yeah. a particular book. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I say, that's, that's past class. So there will be trophies on my wall in essentially yeah I, I mean yeah but some books are that and some books that and that's fine okay there's so many books that i have that i don't think i'll open again but i need them around i need them yes. around me yeah so i understand yes i think i described books to amanda once as and i heard it from someone else that i have all these books but i've listened to them on audio so books are <laughs> audiobook trophies <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah great Which, I, like I do that. like that uh so yeah. yeah and i will say that uh the audiobook for the grimmer because we listened to the, the audiobook mm. as well as reading it is absolutely fantastic so i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of it so good i did um, yeah yeah like uh, i got to be part of like um not choosing but like selecting from the various actors who auditioned and yeah, and I thought I thought the guy who did it really nailed it. Did such yeah. a good job. Yeah, Jacob he did a really good was job. Fantastic, absolutely yeah. spot on. He really cared too. Like he sent all sorts of questions about specific pronunciations and all these things. And yeah, I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. his Ferris was. Oh, uh, so how good. did we describe it? A wiener bag, a creepy wiener bag. Yeah, his voice. wearing yeah. a windbreaker. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, and you you interview um actors on the on the podcast too. Have Jacob, he seems great. Yeah. We should. Yeah. We did that once with um oh gosh, I just went blank on his name. January. No. Jones. No, not no, not it was January Lavoy. 
and she's the reason why I like wanted to be an audiobook narrator but and we got to talk to her and I got to fangirl and so that was fine but no it was when we talked it was um all these bodies what's his name Matt, Matt. anyway we got to Matt talk to him it. it's Matt his name's Matt <laughs> we got to talk to him but like Kendara Blake has been on the show more Godfrey. than anyone else so many times Matt Godfrey that's right but we got to talk to him like after the fact like a couple of weeks later and it was just so yeah. cool because he did such a good job with that we got a whole love affair with audiobook narrators and audiobooks on fictional That's great. Yeah. that may or may not yep. be appropriate I did accidentally stalk Steve West on Twitter one time and it's fine it's fine you didn't go around his house it's legal it's fine that's true it's fine but it, it was did... social media stalking it's a new it's... form it's fine it did get weird though but it's okay yeah we've moved nobody on nobody goes on twitter anymore that's right because twitter's dead it's fine that was that wasn't interesting like uh that happened the death of twitter came about like sort of between my last little horror book and this book the ya book and my whole any presence I have in social media is on Twitter or X. So just like seeing how that engagement like just sort of completely vanished was a kind of kind of stinks, of course. But uh, B it was kind of nice to be totally helpless to do the book promo stuff that previously I felt very like much a part of like I need to I need to do everything I can to push the book. And then in this case, I've been like, well, geez, like can't do all the things that I normally do because I put all my eggs in this one platform basket and mm. I'm frankly unwilling to get into, into the other platforms especially and it was just too late to be part of like a book's like early life cycle so I had to like trust to the nature nature in the market and you know of course a wonderful publicist and publisher yeah but uh yeah it's been nice like I just wrote the thing and now I'm talking about it I like yeah. that too well your publicist sold it to us in an email okay. so yeah good, good job she's, yeah. she's really great like she did a, a great job which and leads she... us nicely too is there anything else that you're excited about that you want to broadcast tell us about book related or not doesn't matter share everything and anything she's i'm excited about christmas i'm excited about my new cat i'm excited Yay. about having had like i've got a bunch of um deadlines on like screenplay stuff that um and like one short story that i promised to an anthology mm. and those have actually led me because i can't do anything without procrastinating for a thousand years i started working on a novel which i had not i hadn't started a new novel for a long time so that that's been nice yeah like i've got like 15 pages in to like an idea that i've i think I think this one will actually go to the end. Sometimes you start a novel and you realize like a few pages in, like I don't think I can sustain a whole book out of this, but this one feels solid. And it's because of the convergence of all these, these homeworky things that I didn't really want to do. Kind of sent me back to the page. Like, nice. I wish I didn't have to be such a child about creative work, but boy, oh boy, I am. Um, do you, do you know anything about, the anthology because we love we love an anthology this, so. it's a horror it's a horror anthology called oh. northern nights by okay. um 
Michael Kelly. It, the press is Undertow Press, uh, Undertow Publications. Sorry, and I my my novellas with them too. Um, but Michael has like he's got such specific tastes and such high standards both that uh, I'm not surprised that if I don't turn in a top shelf story, he, he might say like, ah, this one's not not quite right for the anthology, which would actually mm-hmm. be totally cool because. Uh, I trust him to only let my best stuff through, which is yeah. which is a nice feeling to have as an editor. Yeah, Undertow is, is a great publisher worth checking out. It's not it's not YA, but it's like, a, yeah, I'd say a lot of the horror there. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of grown up horror stuff in Help Me and uh, sorry in in the Grimmer as well as in like, you know, I learned a lot about YA horror in the last couple of years when I was writing this book, and there's a lot of bleed between the. <laughs> what's for the young and what's not for the young uh-huh. apparently and uh, i really love that like uh horror is so porous and cool and so is ya yeah. yeah well we will we will gladly stalk you in ways not on not on x though because it's dead but we, <laughs> we will we will definitely keep our eyes open for more stuff from you and uh like I want to read your novella. We were talking about that a little bit at the beginning of. Yeah, I really got. I want you guys to read that too because I feel like uh, you'll find it very gross. So at least that will be fulfilling for me. Yes, it sounds absolutely perfect. We we branched out away from YA. I've slowly been infiltrating and putting in adult fiction, and now we're doing a lot of graphic novels as well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I feel like the readership is just so. the, the impression I had of YA from like reading articles about it five years ago was that it was like super stratified and super like a really po- like self-policing weird little mini world. Mm-hmm. I really don't have that impression, but that's what it's like now. I feel yeah. like it's just a bunch of people who love to read a ton and talk about it, which is nice. Yes, that's certainly the community that we have and hopefully yes. we've built as well. Yes, hopefully yeah. we've we've pushed that on to other people <laughs> in a good way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's appreciated from the writers, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, we'll we'll let you go now. We've kept you long enough, I think. Um, thank you so much for joining us and talking about weird shit that we talked about. There was a lot of it was inspired by the grimmer if we didn't even if we didn't talk so much about it there was a lot of a lot of good inspiration there too well, thanks but so we, much for having me in. yeah yeah we thanks really for reading it twice yes we really really <laughs> did love it it was fantastic and i was so happy to get that email from your publicist like oh i'm sold like and <laughs> and we were and now you're here and you're a part of the fictional hangover family whether you like it or not she I sent me like an all-caps message when she got the yes from the publicist. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Amanda, I'm trying to sleep here, please. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't no, you matter. have to be awake now. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. So thanks so much for joining us. Yes, you're amazing. Thank you very much. And you're part of our family, like I said. <laughs> Deal with it. so much. It was great talking to you, Amanda and Claire. And yeah, uh, have a great night. I, I look forward to seeing what people think of the podcast. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Bye. 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 So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Secret Santa by Andrew Schaefer. 
Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. Join us next time as we discuss blah, 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 blah. Everyone's favorite thing. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok and YouTube at fictionalhangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.